Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Franchise Mode. I'm your host, Billy Moon. Jake Doherty could not join us tonight. Don't worry about that. Just doing a little bit of solo tonight. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, not going to go all Colin Cowherd on you. You know, one man just raging out over the, on the mic. So don't worry about it. Uh, just here tonight to uh, give you guys some of my thoughts about what's been going on so far in the NFL. Uh, of course, legal tampering has already begun since yesterday on Monday. I'm currently recording this Tuesday about 11.22 at night. And uh, had a whole lot of news to just kind of deal with so far. Um, of course, this morning <clears throat> we found out about Tom Brady. Uh, announcing that he was not going to go back to New England, which actually was not so much of a surprise. Uh, the biggest surprise actually happened later in the day when it was announced by Adam Scheffner that Tampa Bay is most, is going to be the team in which Tom Brady signs with. Now, if you've been listening to us and you've been paying attention, in episode 26, I floated the idea out there of Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. So, of course... I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about this. Um, in my eyes, it's something that he should have done. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back saying that I got it right. You know, I never predicted that he was going to go there. For me, it was just simply, hey, it's a good idea to do it. You know, go out there. Your career is dwindling down. You might as well go play with some of the best pass catchers that you've ever gotten to play with, at least since 2007. Go out there. Go have some fun and just enjoy it. He's already won six Super Bowls. There's nothing else to prove. Just go out and have some fun, Tom Brady. You deserve it. So, Tom Brady going to the, going to the Buccaneers. It should be really interesting. Um, really looking forward to watching that. It should be great. But I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. You can go back, listen to episode 26. I mean, we recorded that in January, and I said that he should go there, and I gave my reasons why. So, go ahead and hop on that. Check that out. You can just hear my thoughts about that and why he should have went there in the first place. Uh, the biggest news to me uh, in this whole period, in which I think to a lot of us is the shaking trade of DeAndre Hopkins, which none of us, no one really seen coming out anywhere. Uh, the morning of yesterday, though, there was a lot of rumors about there could be a potential of DeAndre Hopkins getting moved, and sure enough, it actually happened in one of the most shocking trades that I can remember. Bill O'Brien outdid himself by a lot. Now, of course, we get, before the season last year, you know, Bill O'Brien made the great trades of trading for Larry Tunsil and giving up two first-round picks and then trading Jadavion Clowney for basically nothing. And uh, you know what? He said, hold my, you know, hold my beer and watch. And he made an even worse trade. Bill O'Brien is literally the best thing to ever happen to me as a Titans fan. <laughs> This man is just, it's out of control, and it's just one of the reasons why you probably should have a confident GM, you know, working with your head coach instead of letting an incompetent head coach run everything. This, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, so initially, of course, we heard that David Johnson was going from the Cardinals to the Texans, which I was like, cool, you know, it was Texan Jake, I was like, cool, you know. DJ gets to, you know, revive his career, you know, he'll get the workload down there in Houston. It should be really good for him. And that offense looks really good. And then a couple minutes later, we hear that DeAndre Hopkins is a part of the trade. And I I honestly, like, had, like, a mental breakdown because I couldn't even believe what was going on. It was like a computer malfunction, basically. Like, I just couldn't even believe what was even happening. I don't think a lot of us did, actually. <laughs> 
uh, just from seeing everything on social media and everything, everybody lost their minds over it, which is rightly, rightfully deserved. This trade made absolutely no sense and is by far one of the worst trades I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, so just, just to go on the details of it, of course, the Texans gave up DeAndre Hopkins and a 2024th and only got back David Johnson, a 2022nd, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Is This is just horribly bad. And it's just great. Just good old Billy, Billy O'Brien just pissing away his franchise, basically. Um, I really am just shocked, as we all are, by this whole trade. The whole fact that he gave up a top three wide receiver and to not get back a first-round pick is just insane. Of course, last season we seen Odell go for a first and, and, and more, and yet he, the best pick that he gets back is a second-round pick. It's insane. So basically we've seen DeAndre Hopkins traded for a second-round pick. I'm not going to even include David Johnson in that because that's, yeah, it's like a wash almost, uh, which is just insane. So in the era where paying running backs is not great and to put more emphasis on your pass catchers, you just have good old Bill O'Brien shipping off a top three wide receiver for nothing. Uh, This is, as a Titans fan, this is just amazing. He is really one of the best things to happen to us. It's really great i love that trade for the cardinals it's going to be interesting watching them go forward now with hopkins uh they have the number eight pick in the draft and we all kind of had it in the air whether they were going to pick a wide receiver or, or a tackle and now they don't even have to worry about wide receiver they can go ahead and solidify their offensive line and get somebody for kyler to protect their offense it just it's going to be amazing now of course they gave uh, Kenyon drake the transition tag as well so their offense is pretty much it's basically set so now you just got to get Hopkins into the fold. You got to get him on the same page with Kyler, and they should be taking off of, like gangbusters on that offense. I mean, it, this is it's, it's just insanity. It's a great move by the Cardinals, and I really love it. The fact that they get a top three wide receiver for basically nothing. It's just crazy. So they still have the first round pick, and go ahead and pick a left tackle, solidify their line, and their offense is going to take off. So I just really wanted to get into my thoughts on. A lot of what's been happening over the course of today and yesterday and really everything since basically the CBA got wrapped up is when we just started seeing transactions and moves just being hit left and right. It's been really overwhelming at times. I just wanted to end this on a positive note, so we're going to go ahead and just start with my hates, which I don't have many hates from everything that's happened, but for the ones that I do, the biggest one is the Colts, man. Wow. Now, of course, in the last episode, I expressed, you know, my optimism about the Colts, and I just was really wondering on what they were going to do with everything, you know? I mean, they had so many options. They had all this cap room, and they could have went in so many different ways. And, you know, I was basically saying that, you know, if they played a little bit reserved, then they're probably obviously just projecting more to the future. But if they start making moves, then they're probably going for it. Now, well, they started making moves, and the moves that they have made are complete trash in my eyes. First off, they gave Philip Rivers $25 million. It's only a one-year contract. $25 million for Philip Rivers when I think they should have just gave up just Jacoby another chance. You're going to pay Philip Rivers $25 million. This man had like 20-plus picks last season, and you don't have any more – you don't have any pass catchers. Like you have T.Y., and when T.Y. goes out, your whole offense is fucked. 
So I don't understand that. You're going to pay an overage quarterback who had a huge down season last year. You know, if they have the weapons already established on the team, then you're basically just looking at another, you know, Brady situation basically. But it's not even that. So very disappointing on that front. I feel like you could have took that $25 million and gave it to, you know, split it up. You can give some to Chris Harris Jr. and then maybe pick – you know, a solid defensive lineman or two, and you could have paid them. Or maybe try to go after, you know, maybe somebody like a Brashad Perriman and put them on your roster. The other move that they made is giving up their first-round pick for DeForest Buckner, which, okay, don't get me wrong. DeForest Buckner, he's an okay, he's 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 good. He's not complete trash, I'll tell you that right now. He's not just awful. But I don't think that DeForest Buckner is worth, A, a first-round pick, and then going ahead and giving him an extension that pays him $21 million a year, just below Aaron Donald. He's the second-highest-paid defensive tackle, and I don't believe that DeForest Buckner is worth that much money. So not only did you give up a good asset in a number-one pick where you could possibly get a good player on a great salary, but on top of that, you're going to go ahead and spend money on somebody that's eh, all right. Good, solid, but not completely game-changing. It's very disappointing by Chris Ballard. Now, I have faith in Chris Ballard. What they've done, you know, his regime in that front office has been great. But, man, that's just that's just so disappointing, to really be honest with you. I, I would figure that they would have went in better directions. Uh, honestly, if, you know... The, the one thing that you could say is that, you know, you don't hit on all your picks. And, you know, when you do draft, you know, you're still gambling right there. Not everything is for sure. But uh, with that front office, you know, it doesn't feel like they're usually gambling. It usually knows they usually know what they are doing with those picks. And to see them give up that 13th overall pick where they could have picked a future left tackle or they could have got a playmaker, you know, or I mean, they even could have picked, you know, there could have been a chance possibly maybe at like a Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw. Um, man, it's just really disappointing. Now, DeForest Buckner is good, and it is good to see them be aggressive and try to solidify that offensive line. But I honestly would have rather, you know, with that 13th overall pick, I would have tried to maybe land it at Jerry Judy or, you know, cd lamb and then i would have been able to take that money you know that you just wasted basically and try to get a chris harris jr and then pair your defensive line up with a bunch of you know your mid-range solid defensive linemen but i'm not a gm in any way you know i sit here i watch the game and i just give my opinions but that's honestly what i would have done and i'm highly disappointed in what the colts have done i really hope that this backfires because not only does it help my team but then it just goes to show you what they should have done it's just really disappointing and i feel like they could have did better uh another hate that i have is austin hooper signing with cleveland not really so much his fault but cleveland i just don't understand why they gave austin hooper four years for 44 million when he's only really had one good season that one was very uh uh very puzzling for me i mean they already have david njoku who still yes is unproven but i don't know why you're gonna go overpay somebody like austin hooper who kind of really still is unproven doesn't really make too much sense i know that kevin stefanski likes to run a lot of two tight end sense sets which you know does make sense but at the same time I really just don't agree with that contract too much. But, hey, hopefully they, you know, prove me wrong. You know, maybe getting 
Baker another weapon to throw to is, you know, a positive and, you know, we'll just go from there and see what happens. You know, like I said, Stefanski likes to use two tight ends, so maybe they can work in Joku and Hooper out there, maybe get some solid production out of them. I don't know. That uh, making him the highest paid tight end, though, is a little bit too much for me. A little bit rich for my taste, I'd have to say. And then, of course, the biggest hate that I think I do have outside of the Colts is uh, is Ryan Tannehill. Four years, $118 million, which is basically a three-year, $91 million contract because the first three years are basically all guaranteed. And uh, I can't say that I'm surprised. I'm just very disappointed. Um, I don't think that he's worth that money. I think a lot of us don't think that he's worth that money. What he came in and did was great, but if you look at all the numbers, it's it's kind of unsustainable in what he did. Um, I can't sit here and say that I'm shocked, though. Just highly disappointed that they gave him that much. I would have rather went and got the Teddy Bridgewater deal, which was... You know, two, which was three years, $63 million. I would have much rather had that. Or just, you know, something cheaper. My God, just not really a great move. In my eyes, uh, I'm just really waiting for this to blow up in my team's face. <laughs> like I said, it's just not a good time. I can't sit here and say that I was surprised, though. I knew that they were going to try to re-sign him after this whole run, and especially making it to the AFC Championship. So I can't sit here and say that I'm really surprised by the whole thing. So once we get, you know, to let's get to some more signings that I, you know, that I don't really have such a negative attitude. Go to the things that you know I like. Uh, got Jack Conklin for three years, forty-two million, to Cleveland. Which at first, during the offseason, one of the first things that I actually said to Jake is, "Who's going to overpay Jack Conklin?" Uh, Jack Conklin, a right tackle coming from Tennessee, was really projected to just cash out in this offseason and get really overpaid. So it's really surprising to see that he had taken a deal three years, $42 million. I thought he would have picked up more than Juwan James, who was overpaid, I believe, last offseason, which his deal was four years for $52 million, I believe. And we all projected Conklin making more than that easily, and yet he settled for a lesser deal, which, which is cool because he can, you know, Three years from now, I mean, he can get paid again, which is cool if he proves it. Uh, I'm not so high on Conklin. Uh, I just projected him to be overpaid, but at this price, he's actually paid. He's paid for what he's worth, actually. Not the best in pass protection, but really great in run protection, which is what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. So work and Chubb and Hunt, you know, nice way to solidify that offensive line. And to get Baker some protection somewhat should be interesting to see what they do going forward. Uh, I believe they have the 10th overall pick. So, I mean, there you go right there. If you pick a left tackle, you get Baker some help on the offensive line, and that offense could actually start taking off like we expected them last year. And it's going to be interesting to see what Cleveland does. They put that left tackle together, and they put that offense all into work. You know, maybe that Hooper – signing isn't as bad and they get that whole offense clicking and hey they could take off it could be really interesting uh one team that i just like in general is just miami so miami has added byron jones shaq lawson <clears throat> kyle van noy eric flowers and jordan howard this offseason byron jones was getting the biggest year deal five years 82 and a half million shaq lawson three years 30 million kyle van noy four years 51 million eric flowers Three years, $30 million, and Jordan Howard, two years, $10 million. Byron Jones's deal is 
really outlandish and Kyle Van Noy at four years, $51 million, I don't like. But I just like what they're doing all around. The fact that they are showing that they have a plan and that they are doing something is really promising, and it's good to see. Uh, they had a lot of cap space anyways. And, the, you know, the, the Jones and the Van Noy deal are a little bit rich for my taste, but at the same time, you know, they're they're moving in a direction with, you know, signing three of those defensive players. They're showing that they're trying to bolster their defense and at least head in a direction, which is very interesting to see. And it, it just it feels kind of promising down there in Miami right now. But Byron Jones, luckily, you know, he doesn't have to be your number one with Xavier and Howard on the other side. So he could basically be your number two or vice versa. It doesn't really matter. I mean, when you have a solid corner and then a good corner in Xavier Howard, you know, it's really good to invest in their secondary like that. Kind of going with the Patriot way where they're putting more emphasis on their secondary than they are their front. But, I mean, even a guy like Shaq Lawson, who's really great in the run game and stopping the run, it's good to see them add that. And then Kyle Van Noy, who goes down there, which he'll know the system, you know, with being from New England. So... Brian Flores will know how to use Van Noy and get the most out of him, which is great. Eric Flowers, who, of course, we all used to laugh at, has uh, really turned his career around towards at the you know midpoint at the end of last season and at the end of last season, you know, moving to guard. And, I mean, he's not the best, but just if, I think he's an improvement of what they had. So it's just good to see them try to bolster their offensive line in some way. And Jordan Howard, who's somebody that for some reason gets criticism, and I don't understand why, but to, at $5 million a year, to have somebody like Jordan Howard, who is solid and can be your starter or can be a great backup, is just great. They currently don't have anybody to run the ball. So if they go into the season with Jordan Howard as their starter, I have no problems with that. They'll probably end up drafting somebody, of course. But just rolling with Jordan Howard is its not really a problem. To be honest, instead of franchising Garrick Henry, I wish that my team picked up Jordan Howard and drafted somebody. You know, $5 million a year for a solid running back who knows what he's doing. I, you can't complain with that. It's, it's a solid player. For some reason, we all like to underappreciate what Jordan Howard does. But, the, I mean, the man just scores touchdowns and he just puts up production. Yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot in the passing game. But you're going to sit here and just ultra-praise people like Derrick Henry who doesn't do much in the passing game, but then criticize somebody solid like Jordan Howard. I mean, he was doing great for Philadelphia last year before he got injured. So the man is productive, so I don't see the point. When you don't have to pay him all this money to get good production, you know, a lot more teams should do things like that. You can hate on Jordan Howard all you want, but the man just scores touchdowns and racks up yards. So overall, I really like what Miami's doing so far. They're heading in a direction. They obviously have a plan, and it's just good to see, uh, you know, Last year, they're sitting there tanking, trading away players left and right, trying to accumulate picks, and now we're seeing their plan come to life. It's really going to be interesting also to see what they do in the draft since they have those three first-round picks. It's going to be good to see what's going forward for Miami, and it's just good to see what's happening with them and to see them turn everything around, that's for sure. I do enjoy what they're doing. Uh, just another one signing that I did really like was the Corey Littleton deal with the Raiders. Uh, three years, $36 million. Just... It's really funny because last year, you know, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and just the Raiders in general were basically just a giant joke to us. And, you know, we've just been criticizing and making jokes about them since they've arrived. And all they've been doing is just slowly but surely just getting good players and doing good things. And with this deal right here, they get a solid, you know, off-ball linebacker. 
that's gonna just be solid. The fact that he, <laughs> the incompetence by the Rams to let him go is just hilarious. Corey Littleton is gonna do great things for the Raiders, and that was just it's just a solid deal by Oakland. It's good to see them turn things around and you know just slowly but surely try to get there. Now they have obviously still have some issues on the offensive side of the ball, but they're still trying to build that defense, and it's just really just a good move. Now. One of the teams that I really love this offseason so far is just the Ravens. So, of course, they signed Michael Brockers, three years, $30 million for a versatile and solid defensive lineman that you can move around the interior or on the outside. Really great. Not fantastic, not a superstar player, but just a solid starter that you get. And then, of course, then they trade Hayden Hurst and get a second-round pick from Atlanta. And then to top it all off, they get Calais Campbell for a fifth-round pick, which is just insanity. Thanks to Jacksonville's fire sell, the Ravens were able to scoop up an all-pro player, basically, for nothing. And one of the problems that we noticed with the Ravens last year is that their front was not really their strong point, and their secondary was really what got them going on defense. And now they're adding two guys on that defensive front. And they also tag Matthew Judon, so now their front is also something to be reckoned with as well, which is just really great, and that's why you see why the Ravens are a great front office, and it's just good to see them just continue this going. The fact that they stole Calais Campbell is a crime, and we need to call the authorities on that front office. Just ridiculous to see their defense keep going. Now I just want to see them add some pass catchers to help Lamar Jackson in that offense, and uh you know, Super Bowl could be coming up for these guys, man. I'm telling you. Another team that I love more surprisingly is the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills yesterday acquired Stefan Diggs in a trade. And I was not so high on this move whatsoever, I'd have to say. Uh, but after soaking it all in, I'd have to say it's not that bad. Now, the Bills received Diggs and a 2020 seventh rounder from the Vikings, but they gave up a 2020 first, fifth, and sixth round picks, and also a 2021 fourth round pick. Now, when this trade first came out, I was devastated by it. I felt like the Bills were making a terrible move. I understood that they needed another wide receiver, which we talked about. We possibly talked about them taking one in the first round. Now, with moves like this and moves what the Cardinals are doing, it makes sense with them trying to get a wide receiver now because it's one of the hardest positions to play and you don't know if the guy's actually going to immediately catch on. Difference is, is Cardinals basically got to rob the Texans for their wide receiver. The Bills had to give up a lot. I don't think that Stephon Diggs is that great of a wide receiver. I think he's okay at best. He's good, solid, but he's not completely game-changing in my eyes. So initially when they gave up all this capital... You know, I was I took I took it pretty bad. I really thought that they blew their offseason, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, I'm not big on Stephon Diggs. You're talking about a guy that's been cryptic tweeting and doing all sorts of stuff. I mean, in the middle of a game that they're winning in the playoffs, he's crying for the ball. He's just been kind of kind of slightly being prima donna ish and it's kind of annoying. You know, doing all these different tweets about leaving and all these just cryptic tweets and things like that. Which is just, I don't know, I guess i got to get used to that. And this is the day and age where we have guys unfollowing teams and things like that when they have problems with it. So I, I personally don't really know too much about that. Uh, 
you know, I just think that Diggs is somewhat of a basket case. He might have problems with that man right there. He just seems somewhat of a diva, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Bills handle it. Now, if it all works out and Diggs at least gives him solid production, it's good because he is the type of receiver that he is is the missing piece on their offense. So you have Beasley as your slot, and you got John Brown as your deep threat, and then you have Diggs as the guy that can do both. So it'll be pretty interesting to see what they do there. Not so high on this move, but I understand it. Now, the moves, though, that I really love from Buffalo is adding guys like Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, and Josh Norman, and Quentin Jefferson all to their defense. So with Addison, Butler, and Norman, you're getting three guys that came from Carolina, basically, or know the Carolina system which, of course, Norman coming over from Washington after flaming out there. But, I mean, they get him on a one-year deal, $9 million. So it's basically there's nothing to lose on that deal. And, of course, he's not going to be your number one. You have Tredavious White on the other side, so Norman's obviously your number two. But then you add two solid defensive linemen that came from Carolina and Mario Addison, great pass rusher, uh, I believe ranks 11th in sacks over the last four years. And then you had a solid guy in Vernon Butler. So they both know what they're expected to do. They both know what they're going to be doing inside the defense because, of course, coming from Carolina, which Sean McDermott used to be the defensive coordinator of, which is just a great move in my eyes. And they get them on friendlier deals anyways. They're not blowing the bank on these guys. And then you get an underrated guy like Quentin Jefferson also to solidify the middle of your line, which is just great. They're they're continuing to make moves on players, on these veteran players at good prices. And it's one of the reasons why they came up last year. It's very, uh, it's kind of Patriot-esque as they're, you know, finding these veteran players on good deals to solidify. And you're basically just getting adults in the room that know what they're doing. Um, it's now the Bills' time to shine and to not only take their division, but to start competing with teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs. And moves like this are what's going to help them in the future. It's really great, and I'm really intrigued to see what else they have to bring. Um, I mean, we're <clears throat> the players can start signing tomorrow, of course, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. And, of course, we still have players like Jadavion Clowney, Chris Harris Jr., Melvin Gordon, Robbie Anderson, you know, Brashard Perriman, and even some under-the-radar guys like Jimmy Smith and Logan Ryan available in free agency. So it's going to be interesting what happens to those guys, and it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with more teams going forward. Um, so, yeah, these are the moves that I like so far. This is just kind of a, just a rundown of, you know, what I'm liking, what I don't like, just – Moves that have been standing out to me so far since we've kicked this whole thing off. we still got a lot more to go, of course. So as this all unfolds, and once we basically get this morally trickled out of who's going everywhere, we get a keen sense of all of this free agency and all the breakdown of everything, you know, we'll get back at you guys on our full thoughts of this whole free agency. And, you know, so stay tuned for that. And we'll be back with you on the next one after all this wraps up. You guys take care. Peace.